Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw, on Telegram, US UK Patriot, and on Truth Social, Success Alchemist. Today is the 10th of June, 2023, and the title of today's show is Trump Indicted, Biden Corruption, and War Against the Khazarian Mafia Continues. And so we had a bombshell this week, of course, with this second indictment of Trump. And the Democrats are completely gleeful, of course, and have already declared that he's guilty. No surprise there. And the conservatives, the Republicans, well, at least the MAGA Republicans, are up in arms and accusing this administration, of course, of um, political persecution of their campaign rivals. So um, we are getting very much closer to the old banana republic so I am going to start with this topic this week. Um, I normally start with Ben Fulford. I'll cover him, his um, weekly report a little bit later. But interesting timing, isn't it, that Trump should be indicted just when the whistleblower information is coming out about Biden and the Biden family's corruption Another distraction tactic, we wonder. So uh, anyway, I've got a few different uh, viewpoints to share with you on this. So let's get started. I'm going to start with a Technofog Substack report. So this is more of an analysis than just a news report, but I've got some other things to follow that up with. And this was published yesterday, and Trump, I believe, actually announced that he was about to be indicted on Thursday, and that was after his attorneys had spoken to the DOJ, I believe. So he was warned about it before the actual announcement was made. So this is titled Analysis, the Trump Indictment, Analysis after reading, that's it. The indictment of Donald Trump has been released. Trump has been charged with 37 counts relating to the retention of national defense information, conspiracy to obstruct justice, the withholding of or concealment of documents and records, a scheme to conceal and false statements and representations. And of course, he didn't open with this, but this is linked to the raid on Mar-a-Lago when they were going after all the documents that he had 
taken with him after he left the White House. So just to clarify that. There is a 38th count in the indictment relating to his aide, Waltine Nauta, N-A-U-T-A, I think that's how you pronounce it. Here's our quick assessment. It's weaker than we thought. Factual allegations. There's a basic assumption, one that very well might be incorrect, underlying special counsel Jack Smith's indictment. It's that Trump, quote, was not authorized to possess or retain, end quote, documents he, quote, caused, end quote, to be taken from the White House to Mar-a-Lago in Florida. These boxes were stored at various locations in Mar-a-Lago, including the club's ballrooms, business centre and storage room. In June of 2021, there were more than 80 boxes of documents stored there that related to Trump's time in office. And there's an image that was one of the ones that accompanied the release of this indictment. And people are saying that this looks rather like the AI created And also, it makes it look like these were spread around Mar-a-Lago instead of being in that locked room. And apparently, somebody did say that they were moved because of flooding in that storage room or the danger of flooding in that storage room. So, you know, there's still a lot of misinformation out there about this. We'll have to see how this plays out in the coming weeks. The special counsel alleges that these documents included classified documents originated by or implicating the equities of numerous intelligence and governmental agencies, including the CIA, Department of Defense and the National Security Agency. The special counsel further alleges that Trump made disclosures of classified information in private meetings at Mar-a-Lago. One example cited in the indictment was a recorded discussion allegedly with Mark Meadows and his book writer relating to a presentation made by General Mark Milley's plan of attack against Iran. Starting in May 2021, the National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, demanded that Trump turn over the records he kept after his presidency. Some records were produced to NARA, however, some remained at Mar-a-Lago. NARA reviewed the records and found documents with classified markings. NARA then referred the matter to the DOJ for investigation. It should be observed that the DOJ opened the criminal investigation of Trump soon after. This wasn't an investigation into obstruction, rather the Biden DOJ targeted Trump for the possession of the records themselves. In any event, the grand jury was opened in April 2022 and issued a subpoena to Trump demanding all documents with classified markings. When Trump's attorneys brought the matter to their client, Trump asked a number of questions regarding whether they had to comply with the subpoena. A, I don't want anybody looking. I don't want anybody looking through my boxes. I really don't. I don't want you looking through my boxes. B, well, what if we, what happens if we just don't respond at all or don't play ball with them? C, wouldn't it be better if we just told them we don't have anything here? D, well, look, isn't it better if there are no documents? 
While these are rhetorical questions a client is entitled to ask their lawyer, it appears that these are part of the foundation for the special counsel's charges against Trump. There's an issue, however, with how some boxes were moved after the grand jury subpoena was issued. Trump aide Nauter, allegedly at Trump's direction, moved boxes from the Mar-a-Lago storage room to Trump's residence. There's no information that Trump knew that these boxes contained documents responsive to the grand jury subpoena, however. In any event, after the search and the production, Trump attorney Christina Bob signed a verification with the following claims. A. A diligent search was conducted of the boxes that were moved from the White House to Florida. B. This search was conducted after receipt of the subpoena in order to locate any and all documents that are responsive to the subpoena, and C, any and all responsive documents accompany this certification. 70. These statements were false because, among other reasons, Trump had directed Nauta to move boxes before Trump Attorney Wong's June 2nd review so that many boxes were not searched and many documents responsive to the May 11th subpoena could not be found and, in fact, were not found by Trump Attorney Wong. It is further alleged that these statements were false and that Trump caused these false statements by moving the boxes. But again, the indictment is missing any allegation that Trump knew of this verification or the claims made by Bob. They're going to jail Trump for that. The charges. Counts 1 to 31, willful retention of national defense information, violation of 18 U.S. Code, Subsection 793E. Trump faces 31 counts for the retention of documents he was, quote, unauthorized to possess. These counts cite the possession of documents marked at various classification levels, secret, top secret. Many of these documents are said to discuss military capabilities of foreign countries. Count 32, Conspiracy to Obstruct Justice, Violation of 18 U.S. Code, Subsection 1512K. It is further alleged that Trump conspired with his aide, Waltine Nauter, to, quote, corruptly persuade another person to withhold a record document and other object from an official proceeding, end quote, and quote, to corruptly conceal a record document and other object from an official proceeding, end quote. In support of that count, the special counsel alleges that Trump and Nauter, quote, suggested, end quote, to Trump attorney Ivan Corcoran that they did not have documents subject to the grand jury subpoena move boxes to conceal from Corcoran and the FBI and the grand jury suggested that Corcoran hide or destroy documents, that was in quotes, subject to the grand jury subpoena, provide incomplete responses to the grand jury subpoena, cause a, quote, false certification, end quote, to be made regarding the production of documents and made false and misleading statements to the FBI. Count 33, withholding a document or record, violation of 18 U.S. Code subsection 1512B2A2. I'm not sure what these references are. 
The special counsel also claims that Trump and Nauter attempted to persuade Corcoran to, one, quote, hide and conceal documents from a federal grand jury, end quote, and two, they moved boxes of classified documents so Corcoran could not find them to produce to the grand jury. Count 34, corruptly concealing a document or record, violation of 18 U.S. Code subsection 1512C. It's also alleged that Trump and Nauter, quote, hidden concealed boxes that contain documents with classified markings from, end quote, Corcoran, so that Corcoran, quote, would not find the documents and produce them to a federal grand jury, end quote. Count 35, concealing a document in a federal investigation, violation of 18 U.S. Code, subsection 1519. Trump is further alleged to have hidden and concealed his alleged continued possession of documents at Mar-a-Lago and that Trump, quote, caused a false certification to be submitted to the FBI, end quote. This certification relates to the one completed by useless attorney Christina Bob, which we discussed here. And that's a link I'm going to follow at the end of this article, actually. It's quite interesting. Count 36, scheme to conceal. Violation of 18 U.S. Code 1001A. Related to the other charges we just discussed, Trump and Nauta are alleged to have knowing, hid, I think I should say knowingly, hidden, concealed from the grand jury and the FBI Trump's continued possession of documents with classified markings. Count 37, false statements and representations. Relating to the certification of Christina Bob, Trump is alleged to have caused the following false statements to be made to the grand jury and to the FBI. A diligent search, this is in quotes, was conducted of the boxes that were moved from the White House to Florida, end quote. Quote, this search was conducted after receipt of the subpoena in order to locate any and all documents that are responsive to the subpoena, end quote, and... Quote, any and all responsive documents accompany this certification, end quote. The special counsel alleges these statements are false and that Trump knew these statements were false because Trump moved boxes of documents with classified markings before the search took place. Yet, as I wrote earlier, there's no evidence that Trump knew that Bob made this statement. The indictment isn't as strong as the media is telling you. I'm going to jump now to that other reference link. And this is, again, from the 9th, from yesterday. Trump faces 100 years, third world abuses of power. There are political favours and then there are assassinations. The Biden Department of Justice has indicted Donald Trump, the Republican frontrunner, and Biden's greatest opponent for the 2024 presidential election. Trump faces 100 years if convicted. This is the first indictment of its kind. We are in new territory, led there by a regime that demands victory at any cost, no matter the political norms or the legal barriers standing in its way. The erosion of the institutions continues. As Trump faces charges and as the authorities and media promise that the charges this time are legitimate, 
make no mistake that millions of voters see it as something else, that they've been disenfranchised once again. As for the rest of America, it's safe to assume that many feel little confidence in this prosecution. They see it for what it is. And it is political, no question. It was always political. Crossfire Hurricane, Muller, the inception of the National Archives investigation that got us to where we are now. The politics are evidenced in the selective prosecution, see Hillary Clinton's destruction of evidence for starters, and the matters which do or do not get the thorough DOJ treatment, see Biden's money laundering and bribery scheme. The politics are present in the investigative decisions, like the refusal to subpoena the DNC service on a matter of national security. We also see the politics in the decisions of Attorney General Garland, who escalated negotiations with a former president over documents to a federal grand jury. Never mind that the former president had a very good legal argument in his favour, the right to retain documents from his term in office. The political calculations are also obvious in the speed in which Trump's indictment was brought. As I write this, the Hunter Biden investigation is still ongoing years after its inception, even though many of Hunter's crimes have been obvious from the start. The speed in which they've indicted Trump is unmatched by comparison. With state-level charges still pending in New York, we will probably see this Trump case go to trial in the summer of 2024, if not earlier. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden accompanies his father on trips abroad. Now, this article was obviously uh, written and published before the one that I just read, which was the analysis, because it says the Biden DOJ has chosen to not yet release the most consequential indictment in recent history. He goes on to say, according to the latest reports, Trump faces seven charges relating to the Espionage Act. The New York Times summarising a CNN appearance of Trump attorney Jim Trusty. As of today, Trusty resigned. He mentioned the Espionage Act, multiple false statement charges and several obstruction-based type charges. Specifically, he mentioned Section 1519, which relates to obstructing an official effort and was widely expected because it was listed on the FBI search warrant affidavit, but also a new one, Section 1512, which criminalises witness tampering or other means of obstructing an official proceeding. It also appears that there may be a conspiracy count. Trump aide Walt Nauter has also been reportedly indicted after being involved in moving boxes at Mar-a-Lago. His lawyer is alleging in court papers that a key prosecutor in the classified documents case inappropriately sought to pressure him by bringing up his application for a judgeship in Washington, D.C. Those papers remain under seal. I'm going to be um, covering that in another article. Venue. The good news for Trump, if there is any, is that this case is pending in the Southern District of Florida, West Palm Beach Division, before Judge Aileen M. Cannon, a 2020 Trump appointee. It is unclear whether Judge Cannon will remain on the case. 
it was Judge Cannon who sided with Trump in temporarily preventing, quote, federal prosecutors from using the roughly 100 documents marked as classified recovered from Trump's estate as part of a criminal inquiry, end quote. She would later be overruled by the 11th Circuit. Should she see the case through to trial, we expect Judge Cannon to, at a minimum, be the rare judge who does not give the benefit of the doubt to the Department of Justice. The jury pool in the Southern District of Florida includes the following counties. I'm including the 2020 election results for reference. Broward, Trump 34.8%, Biden 646 Miami-Dade, Trump 46.1%, Biden 53.4%. Highlands, Trump 66.8%, Biden 32.5%. Indian River, Trump 60.4%, Biden 38.8%. Martin, Trump 62%, Biden 37.4%. Monroe, Trump 53.5%, Biden 45.6%. Okeechobee, Trump 71.9%, Biden 27.5%, Palm Beach, Trump 43.3%, Biden 56.1%, St. Lucie, Trump 50.4%, Biden 48.9%. According to one lawyer familiar with the Southern District of Florida, the pool of potential jurors is typically drawn from the counties closest to where the trial will be taking place. Palm Beach County leans Biden. However, with the exception of Broward, all counties that border Palm Beach County voted for Trump in 2020. Trump's inept lawyer. I can't get through this without remarking again on the conduct of Trump attorney Christina Bob. Before we start on that, let's start with the obvious. Trump's legal team knew they would not receive the benefit of the doubt or even a fair shake from the courts or the Biden DOJ or special counsel Smith. And even with that knowledge, things are screwed up. You shouldn't just be mad at the administration of, quote, justice. You should also be livid and furious and banging your head against the desk about the lack of seriousness and sloppy work by some members of Trump's team. Let me explain. In May 2022, Counsel for Trump was issued a grand jury subpoena requesting, quote, any and all documents or writings in the custody or control of Donald J. Trump and or the office of Donald J. Trump bearing classification markings, end quote. Even Corcoran, Counsel for Trump, delivered responsive records to the DOJ in a single envelope that was, quote, double wrapped in tape, end quote. The custodian of records for the office of Donald J. Trump, who was identified as Trump attorney Christina Bob, provided a signed certification stating that all responsive documents had been produced and that no responsive documents had been, quote, retained. She swore that was, quote, true and correct to the best of my knowledge, end quote. In truth, Bob didn't know whether all documents were produced because she wasn't involved in or supervised the search. She had no idea, yet she still signed off that they were. Her dumb qualifier that the records were produced to the best of her knowledge, that was a quote, helped no one and they turned her into a fact witness against her client. 
As we said back when this issue was first reported, quote, she had no business signing that certification if she couldn't guarantee its truthfulness. You don't play games with a grand jury subpoena, especially when federal officials salivate at the chance to indict your client, end quote. No matter Bob's errors, though, this is the case that never should have been brought. It never should have made it to the DC grand jury. It should have played out as it was with the parties continuing their negotiations and coming to an agreement as to which, if any, documents from his presidency that Trump could retain. But this is our third world reality, another selective prosecution. We've seen it with the Foreign Agent Registration Act from which Tony Podesta and Hunter Biden somehow escaped prosecution. We've seen it in armed FBI agents arresting abortion protesters who defended their family against pro-choice zealots. We've seen it in the Obama administration insulating Hillary Clinton and her team from charges ranging from Espionage Act violations to obstruction of justice to taking foreign campaign contributions. And now we see it again with the prosecution of Trump. It's actually a more egregious example of a selective prosecution, not only because of the upcoming election, but because other presidents have themselves faced disputes over the production of records with the National Archives. President Clinton, for example, left office with audio records kept in his sock drawer. Vice President Biden took documents from his time with the Obama administration, yet Trump is the only one to face criminal exposure. In sum, this is just the latest third worldism provided by our remarkably corrupt leadership. It's the sad addition to our coming, if not current, recession, our crumbling infrastructure, the corporate cronyism, the socialism for the big banks, the trillion-dollar deficits, and our guaranteed future insolvency, our dystopian cities with fleeing businesses and open-air toilets and zombies doped up on fentanyl and whatever else chemical weapon is coming from China these days. Venezuela would be proud. Yemen is jealous. They're probably taking notes. Now, relating to the bribe that was mentioned in that article I've just finished reading, Gateway Pundit reports breaking Biden's DOJ tried to bribe attorney for Trump's valet in exchange for testimony against Trump, clearly illegal act that threatens Jack Smith's case against Trump. This was published on the 8th on Thursday. On Thursday, The Guardian reported that Joe Biden's DOJ attempted to bribe the attorney for Trump valet driver in exchange for testimony against Donald Trump. Clearly, this is an illegal act and it should threaten the case against President Trump. The only criminal act in this entire case is the actions by the Biden DOJ. These people are evil. President Trump posted this on Truth Social on this criminal judicial abuse. Shocking, one of the top prosecutors at the Department of Injustice was reportedly so obsessed with getting Trump that he tried to bribe and intimidate a lawyer representing someone being targeted and harassed to falsely accuse and fabricate a story about President Donald J. Trump and a crime that doesn't exist. 
This criminal and salacious act from within the DOJ has brought shame and embarrassment to this once great and respected institution. Because of this, there is now extreme turmoil inside the DOJ. Page two, a top overzealous and dishonest DOJ prosecutor offered a witness lawyer an important judgeship in the Biden administration if his client flips on President Trump, who has done nothing wrong. The highly respected lawyer was incensed and disgusted at this corrupt and illegal offer. The fake case against me must be immediately dropped and the Inspector General should launch an investigation into this and the many other all too obvious wrongdoings and crimes taking place at the DOJ and FBI. Trump was indicted on Thursday. The Guardian reported the lawyer for Donald Trump's valet under scrutiny in the Mar-a-Lago documents investigation has submitted court papers describing a meeting at which a top federal prosecutor brought up his application to be a judge when they tried to gain the valet's cooperation last year, according to three people familiar with the matter. The allegation, described in a letter filed under seal with the chief U.S. judge in Washington, James Boersberg, could affect the investigation just as prosecutors are considering whether to bring charges. At issue is an incident that took place last year, around November, when prosecutors were trying to gain the cooperation of valet Walt Nauter, who has been under scrutiny because prosecutors suspected he helped the former president conceal classified documents that had been subpoenaed. Nauter had already spoken to prosecutors in the investigation when they called his lawyer, Stanley Woodward, and summoned him to a meeting at Justice Department headquarters for an urgent matter that they were reluctant to discuss over the phone, the letter said. When Woodward arrived at the conference room, he was seated across from several prosecutors working on the investigation, including the chief of the counterintelligence section, Jay Bratt, who explained that they wanted Nauta to cooperate with the government against Trump, the letter said. Nauta should cooperate with the government because he had given potentially conflicting testimony that could result in a false statements charge, the prosecutor said, according to the letter. Woodward is said to have demurred, disputing that Nauta had made false statements. Bratt then turned to Woodward and remarked that he did not think that Woodward was a, quote, Trump guy, end quote, and that he would, quote, he would do the right thing, end quote, before noting that he knew Woodward had submitted an application to be a judge at the Superior Court in Washington, D.C. that was currently pending, the letter said. So despicable behaviour here by <laughs> these prosecutors. And, you know, we've seen this before where they're almost blackmailing people threatening to bring false statements charges because isn't that what they did with General Flynn in, in effect? So absolutely indefensible. And then another Gateway Pundit article, and I realise I'm kind of going backwards here in terms of when these things were published, but this was June 7th. Exposed signed letter by President Trump reveals he declassified docs on Obama regime spying on him the day before he left office. Explains why they raided Mar-a-Lago confirms our previous reporting. 
Breaking update. DC Drano on Wednesday morning tweeted out a signed letter by President Trump dated January 19th, 2021. This was the day before President Trump left office. The presidential letter declassifies all of the crossfire hurricane documents that prove Barack Obama, James Comey, John Brennan, James Clapper, the FBI, CIA, State Department and Deep State spied on him and knew the Trump-Russia collusion hoax was a scam. This is devastating news for the Biden regime. Don't expect this to make any headlines in the fake news today. Via DC Drano, signed letter from President Trump on January 19th, 2021, the day before he left office, declassifying crossfire hurricane docs showing Obama, Biden, the CIA, DOJ and FBI spied on him. Now you know why they raided Mar-a-Lago to steal back evidence of their crimes. Kind of hard to prosecute a former president for classified documents that he not only officially declassified, but that also have a presumption of declassification under the PRA, which of course refers to the Presidential Records Act. And it's got the whole document here. I'm not going to go through it all, but that kind of puts the kibosh on this claim that he didn't declassify these documents anyway. Back in August 2022, when the Biden regime raided Mar-a-Lago, the Gateway Pundit reported that the FBI, quote, had a personal stake, end quote, in retrieving documents at Mar-a-Lago. They were after Spygate documents. Here is what we reported at the time. President Trump declassified a binder on January 19, 2021, that contains hundreds of pages about the Crossfire Hurricane scandal. It contains damaging information about the corrupt actors involved with our government. Two different DOJ attorney generals have defied President Trump's direct lawful order to publish the binder in the Federal Register. It's been 19 months as the DOJ defies the order and every Freedom of Information Act request to make it public. Can we now raid the homes of acting A.G. Monty Wilkinson and Merrick Garland? The DOJ had already made redactions to protect sources and methods and returned the binder back to the White House. But the corrupt FBI also wanted to hide names. So at the last minute, the DOJ demanded the binder comply with the 1974 Privacy Act. The act requires any agency that releases records to also hide personal or identifiable name information. The DOJ knew this act doesn't apply to the White House. It was a stall tactic. The courts decided this 22 years ago that the Privacy Act was based around Freedom of Information Act requests and the White House is not an agency. Hours before Trump left office on January 20th, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows gave the binder back to the DOJ along with this memo. He asked the DOJ to make any Privacy Act redactions quote, out of an abundance of caution, end quote. In the memo, he asked they expeditiously release the binder when finished. Meadows foolishly expected this would take three to four days. It's been 19 months and still not released. Just the News recently obtained the Meadows memo from the National Archives, who also denied having a copy of the declassified binder. 
Meadows admits in interviews various agencies often stalled or defied Trump's orders. Meadows knew better than to rely on the DOJ to release this damaging binder after they left the White House. He should have released the binder to the public himself, but in doing so, there was a chance he would become a target of the, F- of the DOJ and FBI. Now this. New details on Monday's raid of Mar-a-Lago may offer an explanation on what the FBI was looking for and why the FBI has not released the Spygate documents as they were ordered to when President Trump left office. Investigative reporter Paul Sperry had his Twitter account taken down for the second time on Monday. Sperry had his first Twitter account removed after he identified Eric Cheramella as the leaker in the first Trump impeachment trial. Sperry had his second account taken down on Monday after he tweeted about the Mar-a-Lago raid and what the FBI was looking for. According to Paul Sperry, the FBI agent spent nine hours looking for details President Trump took with him on the Crossfire Hurricane FBI spying scandal. The FBI and DOJ cannot let the American public know the truth of their criminal acts and attempted coup of President Trump, so they raided his home looking for the documents that may indict the organization. Christina Layla reported this earlier today. Report, FBI confidential human source told FBI what documents Trump stored at Mar-a-Lago and where to search related to Spygate. Zero Hedge reported, Twitter has suspended journalist Paul Sperry after he made several tweets about this week's FBI raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence, where they spent up to nine hours rifling through the former president's private office, Melania Trump's wardrobe, and eventually took 12 boxes of material. Sperry, developing, investigators reportedly met back in June with Trump and his lawyers in Mar-a-Lago storage room, to survey docks and things seem copacetic, but then FBI raids weeks later. Speculation on Hill, FBI had personal stake and searching for classified docks related to its Spygate scandal. Sperry also tweeted a list of conflicted DOJ officials who were briefed on the Mar-a-Lago raid and noted that CNN is admonishing reporters not to call the FBI raid of Trump's home a raid, but instead to term it as a judge-approved search. He also tweeted, Funny, don't remember the FBI raiding Chappaqua or Whitehaven to find the 33,000 potentially classified documents Hillary Clinton deleted? adding, and she was just a former Secretary of State, not a former President. It appears there is more to the Mar-a-Lago raid than they are disclosing, and it could be even more sinister than we originally suspected. So just more evidence that it's more dirty work at the crossroads. Are we surprised? No, I don't think so. There's so much more I could cover on this, but I really want to move on to other things. Uh, But I just want to share these tweets with you. Um, Insurrection Barbie tweeted, I'm so confused. Is the joke of a media in this country really going to pretend the American people are complete and total idiots who don't remember that Joe Biden had classified documents found all over the country? Oh, and that he had no authority to declassify them? And Ultra Maga 126 responds, 
or that he announced he'd used the DOJ before there was anything to investigate. And he quotes from his previous tweet, Joe Biden says he'll use the DOJ to stop Trump from running. This is a must watch and share. So I'm going to play that for you now. As the midterm election fallout continues, Joe Biden has hinted at a plan to stop Donald Trump from running for the US presidency in 2024 by allegedly using the Department of Justice. You just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by, uh, if, we, uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. Basically, the sitting president of the United States saying that he will use the power of his office to keep someone else out of office. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that the American public is used to hearing our politicians say about Latin America or about some other country. Don't uh, abuse the process. Don't be a threat to democracy. Joe Biden just expressed what I think is a threat to democracy, his, his idea that he is going to be the judge of who's allowed to run for office. These people are using power regularly to get after their political enemies. So I do think they have a plan. I do think that they intend to execute a plan that will be putting Donald Trump uh, in some jeopardy. The problem is they keep saying Donald Trump has the walls closing in, that he's in trouble, and yet they can't bring anything up that's a real serious charge. So it's, it's like the little boy who cried wolf over and over again. But when the little boy who cried wolf controls the American government like Joe Biden, it's very frightening and it's a real threat. And again, it's a real threat to the American way of life to have a president willing to say that out loud and then do it. That segment was from RT and it just shows that the very people that claim to be (laughs) defending democracy are actually the ones that are destroying it. As we've heard people say that the rush to indict Trump is unprecedented, um, it just so happens that it's it's been pushed through just at the time when more of the evidence of the Biden family corruption has come to the surface. And this is a report from Breitbart exclusive Marjorie Taylor Greene. FBI holds two more informant files on Biden business, two more banks subpoenaed. And this, again, was from yesterday. And I have to say, I have my doubts about Marjorie Taylor Greene because she was all in favour of Kevin McCarthy, who is not exactly, you know, coming through with all the good things, given that he folded on um, on the debt ceiling situation um and a lot of people have their doubts about her but anyway let's see what this has to say the fbi holds two more informant files on the biden family's business ventures triggering the house oversight committee on friday to subpoena two more banks representative marjorie taylor green republican georgia exclusively told Breitbart News. Green, a member of the House Oversight Committee, said the FBI holds at least two more FD-1023 forms referenced in the FBI informant document reviewed by the committee Thursday. Green expects the committee will work to review those forms next week. 
On Thursday, the committee viewed an FBI informant file that revealed the alleged existence of two pieces of evidence showing President Joe Biden received $5 million from Ukrainian energy company Burisma, committee Republicans told reporters. He requested it. He and Hunter Biden requested $5 million each, Green said. Pay me $5 million, pay my father $5 million, and we will take care of your problems for you. Green described the alleged request the Bidens made of Burisma. In 2015, Burisma was under suspicion of money laundering and public corruption. Prosecutor Victor Shokin investigated the case before his termination due to pressure applied by then-Vice President Joe Biden, who threatened to withhold $1 billion in U.S. aid from Ukraine if the Ukrainian government did not fire the prosecutor investigating Burisma. In exchange for that, the informant file alleges Joe Biden and Hunter Biden received $5 million each in small sums through separate bank accounts. Joe Biden bragged about the firing during a 2018 appearance at the Council of Foreign Relations. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here in, I think it was about six hours, Biden told the audience. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. In connection with Biden's Burisma business deal, Green told Breitbart News the House Oversight Committee issued two subpoenas Friday to compel information about the Biden's Ukrainian transactions. Before Friday, the committee subpoenaed at least four banks, Bank of America, Cathay Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase and HSBC USA NA, and one individual. We're giving out subpoenas for two more banks, and this has to do with bank accounts related to Ukraine. So we're digging deeper into this, she said. We were hoping to find, you know, actual transactions that relate to this 1023 form. Green described Thursday's inspection of the 1023 form. She told Breitbart News she took notes inside the secured area but had to leave the notes inside the secured room per FBI policy. Once she finished reviewing the documents and taking notes, she made a second batch of notes outside the secure area. But as soon as I filed my notes, it was really fresh in my mind because I read it a couple of times, she said. So I made my own notes separately in a separate room, not in the skiff, but in a separate room. The form references two separate 1023 forms, she said, referring to two additional FD 1023 forms mentioned in the FBI informant document. It's on white paper, printed paper, 8 by 11 normal paper. It looks like just a report, she said. The form is written in chronological time, Green continued. The date of the 1023 that I read yesterday is June 30th, 2020, but it tells chronological order starting in 2015, 2016. Green believes the form is credible because the FBI believes the informant is credible. The informant is reportedly a highly credible FBI source with a history dating back to the Barack Obama administration. The FBI told us that they just think he's their best one, she said. Everything he hands over is true. Everything he hands over is valuable. 
everything he hands over is accurate. In addition, Green revealed the form indicated Hunter Biden's position on Burisma's board, in which he received about $80,000 a month, were monthly installments of a $5 million total cut owed Hunter Biden in the deal with his father. The reason why he was on the board taking a ridiculous salary and getting paid these side bribes was literally because his father is the vice president of the United States. And Hunter and Joe Biden have a business partnership where Hunter goes out and he does the groundwork in order for his father to make the decisions and the policy changes for to get payment. He's Joe Biden on a telephone call talking about it. He's on video and an interview talking about it, where he literally withheld the US aid from Ukraine and demanded that they fire Victor Shokin, Green said. And it happened. It happened. When a reporter questioned Joe Biden Thursday about the alleged $5 million payment, he jokingly responded, where's the money? Given the weaponization of the FBI and the DOJ, whether this will lead to any significant action being taken against this crime family uh, remains to be seen. I think people are very disillusioned with you know, the unequal justice that's being served and are not very hopeful that anything will actually happen. Now, I only have a few minutes left to cover some of the things in the Fulford report this week. In a nutshell, he's basically saying that the war against the Kazarian Mafia continues. So I'll just pick out a few key points for you before the end of the show. So he talks about Ukraine. Ukraine is the world capital of money laundering, human trafficking and organ harvesting. On April 14, 2022, the Ukrainian parliament passed Law 5610, which allows Ukraine to export organs abroad. These laws were promoted by former acting health minister Uliana Supran and let hospitals, prisons, military units and orphanages use the organs of anyone in their care without their consent, according to Polish intelligence sources. We also note that three quarters of the weapons being sent to Ukraine are being sold on the international black market. As an example, here you can see a Mexican cartel member carrying a US-made Javelin anti-tank missile that was traded for drugs, according to Mexican sources. Of course, trading weapons for drugs is nothing new for the US Inc., the Chinese embassy in Mexico, for their part, says the fentanyl precursors it is accused of by the U.S. of selling to Mexico actually come from the EU, i.e. Ukraine. Needless to say, the White Hats are not taking all this lying down. A series of emergency meetings were held in Canada, China, Japan, the U.S. and elsewhere to move forward with the arrest of Kazarian Mafia leaders. For example, Google's Mexico offices and the United Nations offices next door were evacuated last week after a bomb threat. Mexican government sources say this was an operation against the Rockefeller-Biden regime. In Canada, a military tribunal held this past weekend presented extensive evidence of the vaccine and COVID-19 crimes of the KM-controlled Canadian government. The military police are now acting on this evidence, tribunal sources say. 
In China, Ukrainian peace envoy Li Hu has just visited Kiev, Warsaw, Berlin, Paris and Brussels, says Russia is right under international law to undertake its special military operation against the Ukrainian integral nationalists. As I said, I'm jumping about here. In the US too, military white hats are taking action and are fully aware Joe Biden is just the front man. He's being handed the script. The real question is how long do the American people put up with this? They are violating the Constitution. You can't just push a button and create money, says Colonel Douglas McGregor. In a clear sign of white hat military action, 24 Republican governors announced deployments of National Guard troops to assist Texas Governor Greg Abbott's border security efforts. One reason the troops are being deployed is that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has been paying a staggering $18,000 per child to sponsor unaccompanied minors. The children were being placed with abusive sponsors and up to 85,000 sponsored children are missing. The U.S. also needs martial law because the social order is disintegrating. For example... Retail theft has increased tenfold in the last five years, which is not an understatement, while violence has increased exponentially. Giant Food CEO Ira Kress says, We have the police come to our stores. They'll take the information, they'll record it, but there's really nothing being done with that because they had two homicides that were a bank robbery and two shootings. So it's like, where are they going to focus their time and attention, said Chris Tarossian, former manager in the bakery department. When the government cannot even protect retail outlets, it is no longer functioning, hence the need for military to take action. Also, in case you haven't figured it out, the various January 6th Hunter Biden, FBI contempt of Congress and other proceedings in Washington, D.C. are nothing more than a circus show for the sheeple, CIA sources note. He then includes um, a tweet from Oversight Committee. It refers to this um, FD 1023 I've just been covering And then he says, to confirm it is a show here, you can again see an example of Biden's pedo-Satan mask malfunctioning. And it's one that's been shared widely on Twitter, showing all these creases across his forehead, which are obviously the result of a mask, not an actual real person. Then you have a mass corporate pedophilia promotion in June disguised as pride. And this is... Uh, again, a meme that was put out. Mag is not going to like what's on the menu all June. And it's got a tableau of all these companies with all these pride promotions. They aren't even hiding it anymore. Disney has just given the green light to a new show about a girl falling in love with the devil. Lately, Disney often pushes content with themes around witchcraft, sex and violence according to the family-friendly entertainment organization Movie Guide. He also says the people of the West need to thank the Russians for helping end the so-called pandemic. Did you notice that the COVID variant stopped when Russia started going after the biolabs? Omicron was declared a variant of concern on 11-26-2021. Russia began neutralizing U.S. biolabs in Ukraine on 2-24-2022. 
no variant since. Coincidence? The Ukrainians are also now taking action. Ukraine's State Bureau of Investigation is investigating Vladimir Zelensky for high treason. This came after the Pershursk District Court of Kiev initiated a criminal case against Vladimir Zelensky himself, the head of the presidential office, Andriy Yermak, his deputy, Roman Mashevets, as well as the ex-chairman of the SBU, Ivan Bakanov, and the former deputy secretary of the National Security and Defense Council, Ruslan Demchenko, They are being charged with actions that led to the deaths of tens of thousands of Ukrainians. Now I'm going to quickly jump to a Telegram post that he put out. He's just launched Benjamin Fulford Official on Telegram. And this was put out only a day or so ago. There's a lot of frustration among readers being expressed this week about the US corporation kicking the can down the road yet again. Nobody was more frustrated by the news than I was. I've been trying to convince the Asians to cut them off for over 15 years. They did once in 2008 with the layman shock, but then were convinced by the promise of a black communist president to provide enough money, $23 trillion, for the whole show to continue until 2020. They cut them off again in 2020, only to have the cabal use their control of the medical system to launder another $10 trillion using the scamdemic and the vaccines. When I read the news about the Biden ship show getting more money, I went ballistic and contacted all sorts of people to try to do something about it. I spoke at the Canadian Military Tribunal and explained exactly how to proceed legally against Castrudo. I met Japanese right-wing politicians, police and military types and explained to them how to proceed legally against the vaccine pushes as well. I was on the phone with the Russians, Pentagon types, CIA types, MI6 types, etc., demanding action. The problem seems to be that from an Asian perspective, it's better to have a US government that has to obey them because it needs to borrow more than to have the US declare a default. The longer this continues, the weaker the US gets and the stronger the Asians get. That seems to be the real reason why they let the Biden show continue. That's why it is going to be up to us to take action. So if you're feeling frustrated, please take personal action. Pick up the phone, call politicians, police, etc. to demand action. If every reader picked up the phone and demanded action, then more would happen. The US does seem to be stuck in a holding pattern with the same news churning over and over again in circles as two factions seem to be stuck in a stalemate of accusations and counter-accusations. How many times have you seen phrases like January 6 and Hunter Biden laptop and Russiagate repeated? It's frustrating to watch and frustrating to report on. Despite all this, if you're outside the US, you can see that most of the world has abandoned the G7 Kazarian Mafia control grid over the past 15 years. The KM only rule over 11% of the world now. Unfortunately, Americans are among that 11%. People also need to remember we are trying to overthrow a group that has been in power literally for thousands of years. Nonetheless, we have made a lot of progress in waking people up. For example, when I first started, there was exactly one sentence about the Rothschild family on the entire internet. Now there are millions of pages about them and their crimes. A large percentage of them are no longer alive. 
The same is true of many of the other oligarch families. Remember, just because we are dealing with a strong, stubborn and very intelligent opponent does not mean we should give up. We are winning. It might seem slow, but we are winning. We will keep fighting until it really, truly is over. So there you have it. I've run out of time. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll join me next week. And until then, stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.